0: This is the Brave Men podcast with Paul Cole. I'm Brian Boyd. And today, Paul, you're still in the Miami airport.
1: Yeah, I'm in it's the like Miami airport. Yeah, it's, get a, out yeah. The airport. <laughs> it's uh, well, I've got quite a long layover. We're headed to Peru and Paraguay and Argentina, and we've got awesome. amazing results that have happened over the last 25 years of ministering in Peru and then Argentina over the last 10 years has just started to unfold with. Thousands of churches really using the curriculum that helps men be men, which is what leads perfectly into this uh, this conversation I had with Dr. Bill Harley. He's uh, probably best known as the author of "His Needs, Her Needs: Building in a Fair-Proof Marriage." I was uh, I was really knocked out not only by his depth uh, because he's a counselor and psychologist and all those, but but he has a practical depth. In this conversation, I learned some things I'd never known before. I've been married over 40 years and I learned something new. You're gonna love this conversation with Bill Harley today.
2: It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey.
0: So today on Brave Men, before we get into this amazing uh, discussion I with Bill Harley, uh, you know I know you're talking about marriage tips. And, and recently um, on Saturday Night Live, there was a skit called Sleeping on the Couch.
1: Oh, really? And,
0: yeah. And it started off, I'm not going to do it justice. It started off with um, a husband coming in and apologizing for something he did. And it was a real long, drawn-out apology. And he ends up on the couch by the end of the skit, the husband brings flowers and immediately is on the couch. Like there's no discussion. Like, he, like he has chocolates and she doesn't let him talk. She sends him right to the couch. So what, 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 are, what are the three tips that from, from. To keep from, you off the Paul couch. Will, to keep us off the couch. Yeah.
1: Oh goodness. Well, I, I, frankly, and my wife will say this is true for 99% of the ladies uh, and wives is she goes flowers work, she said. We were talking about it with a couple a while back, and she goes flowers always work. <laughs> so that's awesome. So that might might help. You know, the thing is, is that uh, there was a there's a famous line I put it in. Uh, I think I put it in Bartender or the first first book I wrote, Daring. Uh, when a man came to get a golf lesson from a very famous golfer, Sam Snead. And he said, Mr. Snido, I, I want to learn, you know, how to get out of a sand trap. You know, you get in there in the sand and yeah. how do I hit it out? Yeah. He said, uh, I'll give you a lesson, but the first lesson won't be how to get out of the sand trap. It'll be how not to get into the sand trap in the That's first right. place. That's right. And I think the couch issue is really things we know the right thing to do sometimes, Brian. We don't do it. So when Bill Harley, uh, when he wrote this book, His Needs, Her Needs, and by the way, you're going to love this part, Brian. In the middle of the conversation, somewhere in there, and maybe I did it off mic, I can't even remember. I talked to him a couple of days ago. Oh, no, I think I did it on the conversation. And I said, uh, thank you for writing His Needs, Her Needs, and thank you for putting His Needs first. <laughs> oh, no. That's <laughs> yeah. great. He cracked That's um, great. Man. He laughed. He said, well, how else would I get men to read it? That's right. Women will read it anyway. He said, but men, he said, not if it's going to solve their needs. Well, the uh, interview is is coming
0: up and it's great, but I'm going to remind uh, our listeners that this podcast is uh, free and we encourage you to uh, subscribe and share on Apple podcasts, click the subscribe button and you'll always know when a new uh, episode is released and also um, uh, many materials supporting uh, today's interview and uh, more about marriage and uh, and uh, uh, integrity and being a man, et cetera, is available at cmn.men. That's a great website address, Paul, cmn.men.
1: Well, Christian Men's That's Network, really cmn.men. But here's the thing. You want to stay off the couch. It really starts with you, not her. You know, when we're talking about marriage, and, and oh, and this is great. Oh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to do a spoiler. Well, I asked him yeah, at one time, th- okay, I asked him, how often is it her fault? How often is it his fault? Or is it always, yeah. always the yeah. man's fault? And he had an answer. He didn't just kind of. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He, tell us. he had a solid no, no, answer, no, no, man. No. You're going to love it. You're absolutely going to love I it. I think
0: I know what the answer is, but I'm probably wrong.
1: No, no, no. Um, and, and so I went home. I went home and I told my wife, I said, uh, here's what Dr. Harley says.
0: Well, this isn't the plug for Trader Joe's, <laughs> but I will tell all the guys out there that Trader Joe's has great prices on flowers. Yeah. And you can come home with a $50 looking bouquet for $12.95. <laughs> yeah. So that's my tip. Hey, guys.
1: whatever it takes. I think that's a so great tip.
0: Let's go ahead and listen to uh,
1: Paul's interview with Bill Harley. With me today on Brave Men is Dr. Willard F. Harley, Jr., Ph.D., uh, Bill Harley, you are the author of His Needs, Her Needs: Building an Affair-Proof Marriage, and that launched this amazing ministry you've done. All kinds of seminars, and you know, what was it that started this, Bill? I mean, what was the genesis of this? You'd gone to school, you'd been working with uh, marriages, and then something snapped, and then this came out of it. What was that?
2: Well, basically, I was a uh, a clinical psychologist, and I ran thirty two locations here in Minnesota. I had clinics all over the state. And uh, I did a lot of work in mental health. And um, one of the things that kept drawing my attention was marriage problems. And I could see that marriage problems created mental health problems, and mental health problems created marriage problems. And as a mental health specialist, I became more and more interested in the problems of marriage as a way of dealing with mental health. Mm. And uh, over years, over the period of years, um, I felt the Lord's calling, quite frankly, to focus on marriage uh, as opposed to just the broad areas of mental health. Right. And I became uh, quite uh, concerned about the fact that the programs that were uh, available were not that effective. And so I set out to try to create something that that I knew that a year later after I had worked with a couple, they'd still be together and they'd be happily married, as opposed to other programs that I've seen. And uh, interestingly enough, I had a client that worked for a publishing company, and I gave him some reading material. And, uh, he said, you know, you need to publish this, <laughs> you know? Really? And that was his, ne- that was his needs, her needs. I would written a lot of stuff on a, a lot of different yeah. marriage issues. <clears throat> and so he he took it to his publisher and that was in 1986. And I had already been running my clinics for 15 years. Well, let's see 10 years by that time.
1: Yeah.
2: And so, uh, when his needs, her needs came out, it became such a popular book that, um, I changed direction. I eventually gave up all the clinics that I had, gave them all to people that worked for me. Yeah, and went into marriage therapy full time. Started my website, marriagebuilders.com, dot com, in nineteen ninety six. And wow, uh, so I've been doing this ever since. I, I focus all of my attention now on solving marital problems. So and I've written about got, twenty twenty books now.
1: Yeah, and they're they're uh, incredible. You've got now his needs, her needs is is if you will foundational, but you've got how to fall in love and stay in love. The seminar, you've got a number of other books, as you mentioned. Uh, I want to, I want to right off the front, say marriagebuilders.com is your website. You've got a daily radio show and I would encourage guys to get on there. There's also uh, free things. There's, there's articles. Uh, there's all kinds of helps. And then what that would do, I would think Dr. Harley is that would help a man, begin to reorient himself to moving into some of the tools seminars. You've got online seminars, right?
2: Yes, we do. And yeah, we have, we have all kinds of opportunities. Basically my whole approach to helping people with marriages is, is first of all, I, even though I don't state it uh, purposefully, I I'm really directing all of my energies toward men. Really? And, um, And when I started the website back in 1996, the the purpose of it was to reach men. Because at that time, the vast majority of the people that were surfing the net were men. And I thought that this would be a great great opportunity for me to to reach men. And to some extent, that radio show that we have, um, more men uh, listen to it than women. We get more emails from men uh and then we do women and That's uh the, the guests the guests on our show are are uh the majority are men. Wow. And so the basic basic feeling that I have is that is that I'm I'm trying to reach the husband. I'm trying to reach the the husband to show right. him a path a path that leads not only to saving the marriage but to become a better human being, you know, a better yeah. person. Well yeah and, it has um, to
1: start it has to start internally before it happens with the yeah. other person right you have to manage yep, yourself yep. before you manage others so uh so one of the things that i thought was great and i just want to say thank you is in the title you put his needs first <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, I, many I didn't people know if that po- was
1: <laughs> i didn't know if that was many people been- you did or <laughs> <laughs> or, or you. Well, many it. people
2: have said that I I should write another book called uh, His Needs, His Needs, or Her Needs, Her Needs. <laughs> basic, basically, it's a uh, yeah. The the basic uh, yeah. the ba- and and I get criticized for this from feminists. You know, they hoot and howl if you want to read Amazon's uh, one star comments on His Needs, Her Needs. You know, they they will tell you that the book the the book is way too focused on the needs of men. Now that's not really true, but from a feminist point of view, it would be. And so that's the basic criticism I get is that why, why are we talking about men so much? And of course, that's the purpose of the whole book. I'm, I'm trying to reach men.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and so I understand that. So the subtitle is building in a fair proof marriage. That's fascinating to me because it didn't say building a wholesome marriage, building a, it, it really, you went right after an issue. How big of an issue now, is that? in our Yeah. Culture now, now
2: here, here's an interesting issue that I face today. My publisher has wanted to change the bullet line. Really? So yeah. So as of March 1st, a few days ago, uh, the new book there's a new book new cover, and it is building a marriage that lasts and they've taken the building and a proof marriage out of the thing now my argument has always been that his needs her needs is about building a marriage that lasts I mean right. without a doubt it is right. about building marriage that lasts but I focus in the book, in reading the book, which, by the way, the the, the text of the book has not changed. Okay. The text remains the same. It's just the cover. It's just the cover says building a yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they feel that people get to, to get, get uh, you know, they, they don't like see, seeing affairs in the in the title. But the basic the basic idea that I have <clears throat> is that infidelity is a huge problem today huge problem how, how big is that? The, i mean
1: you know we hear I, I, about it
2: but i yeah we've done i've done surveys uh myself about it and we have people that i know have had an affair i mean they come to us because they had an affair yeah and they have actually um their wife knows they have an affair the husband knows the wife's had an affair and they, they've recovered from the affair And I asked the question, if somebody were to survey you and ask you if you have had an affair, would you admit it? And 50% say they would not. So I suspect that almost all of these, and and these are people that their spouse knows they're having an affair. Now, what if you call a person that's having an affair and their spouse doesn't know that they're having an
1: affair? Uh Would
2: they admit it in a survey? Of course not. So my, my argument is that all of the scientific research that's out there regarding the, the incidence of infidelity is way too minimalized. Uh, it, it's it seen to be about 25%. I, I see it as double that, maybe even Goodness. triple that. Wow. And because so of a, the fact that people are, are reluctant to admit that they've ever wow. had an affair, especially if their spouse doesn't know about it.
1: Well, you know, it's what we deal with with Christian Men's Network and and our work with men is uh, the biggest issue we have. The biggest obstacle, frankly, is uh, most churches are administered, led by men. And so when you say, well, here's this curriculum that will build wholeness and courage and these things, most guys go, no, we're good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. We're yeah. Good. Well, I, I find it easier to work with men when they're in a state of crisis.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, isn't, that when, wrong. Yeah, isn't that when most men come to Christ anyway? Uh, yeah. Most of us, yeah. Most of us... Yeah.
2: I, I don't think we come. Yeah. We don't come to Christ after, you know, saying, you know, I just like a little bit better. I'd like a little better in my life. You know, yeah. <laughs> You I, come to Christ knowing that your life is not working out very well. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's that, Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? You know, I, I uh, I've only met I think, Bill. I've only met a couple men in my life that said to me they came to Christ out of a logical exploration of you know what's out there. Yep. Most of them, there was a crisis. Like even C.S. Lewis, when he 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 said, "Well, I you know researched and I moral law and all these things, and yet mm-hmm. he still had a crisis in his life, right?" With, with...
2: Well, and and not not only that, but my my personal relationship with Jesus Christ is personal, you know. And uh-huh. and I, people have come to me and said, you know, I wish I could have faith like you do. Mm. And I said, well, it, it has a lot to do with the fact that He is within me, mm. and it's it's hard to deny what is within you. Yeah. Um, and when I re- when I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, He became a part of me. And my faith is based on the reality of his relationship with me. Yeah, And, and they will tell me, I wish I, I wish I could have, ex- I wish I could experience that reality. And of course I tell them, oh, you can, you, you can mm-hmm. have that experience. Um, and, 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 the, the, you know, it's, it's an interesting problem that people have, that they come to Christ in a crisis often. Yeah. They will say, I'm, I'm in need. I'm great. I'm in great need. Please help me. If there is a God out there, please uh, give me some help in this situation. Yeah. And um, and then the Bible points the way to how to actually get that help right? and who to talk to and who to pray to and who how to understand the whole thing. And so, you know, from my perspective as a Christian, uh, you know, the faith issue, which is a big, big deal. I mean, we are saved by 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 grace through faith. Right. Well, you know, my, from my experience Christ came to me. Mm. Christ came to me. And he came to me in a situation that I needed help and 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 he's been there ever since. And so that's basically my witness. That's how I yeah. witness to people. You know, let me give you have. Yeah. That? Let
1: <laughs> me let me give you a a little dist, a stream of of thing. Uh, for me faith is is of course the opposite morally of fear but experientially the opposite of fear is confidence and so confidence comes from definition definition is what defines me is my identity identity is the story i tell myself about myself that's kind of the way we've taught it mm-hmm. and and uh de- because definitions become your decisions decisions your destiny so would you say that what most men are believing is when they, when they got the marriage and things aren't working, right. They're, they're just believing something that somebody else told them. Or uh, in other words, they're not turning towards faith they're turning away and they don't have that confidence. What, what's the biggest obstacle that you're seeing to men getting actually getting this stuff fixed?
2: Well, I'm, I, I'm a, a even though I'm a born again believer, I am a secular therapist. In which case, I work with Christians and non-Christians both. <clears throat> right. the 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 morality of the program that I work with is based on a a, ba- a base Christian based Christian right. principles. So they uh, they they will know you are my disciples by your love for each other. Right. <clears throat> and and I start out with the concept of. We, as Christians, believe that we should care for other people and that we should do it sacrificially and and that basic basic premises of Christianity help me understand the importance of marriage in the in the sense that it is a relation i call it a relationship of extraordinary care. So when I'm working with a man, I am telling him that <clears throat> which is in the Bible, it says that uh, a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church, right. And, and I'm talking about extraordinary care. What What, ex, what is extraordinary care? Now, in, in that I'm not working all exclusively with Christians,
1: mm-hmm.
2: non-Christians can see that the importance of that concept as well. No,
1: I think and great. so
2: I say, what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to learn how to do, is to love your wife with extraordinary care. Mm. And and that comes in two forms. It comes in two directions. Number one is don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. Don't do anything to hurt her. And do what you can to make her happy, and you know my my basic my basic uh, concept of the love bank. You build love units, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. I w- and I want a- to
1: get into that the love bank and the love units because <laughs> that's a, a real kind of a core yep. part of your practice.
2: But but the, but the point is this: that you build the love units through extraordinary care. Mm. See, so so the the whole morality of marriage is that you have one person here. One, as a Christian, I would say God has given me one person, mm. my wife, to show maximum care to, not to hurt her, to make her happy, as unto the Lord, as Christ loved the church. And so the basic feeling that I have about working with men is I have to get the concept across of making sure that you're wife, it's number one in your life. And, and wow. I explain what that means. Now, I have a rule that men have a hard time following. Very, very difficult. Okay. And that's called the policy of joint agreement.
1: Now, I'd say Never that do anything, Policy of joint
2: policy agreement. Policy of joint agreement. Never mm-hmm. do anything without an enthusiastic agreement between you and your spouse. Wow. You know, you so like, men will look like, at me. You mean like buying that fishing boat? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Yeah, <laughs> but it was gonna. Right.
1: But dude, it was gonna make us both happy. Yes, yes. try not that the me. way marriage? You'll works? be happy. Yeah,
2: you'll be not happy way, eventually. <laughs> isn't that the way
1: marriage works? If I'm happy, she'll be happy.
2: Exactly. So anyway, so I. So what I do is I work with a a man and I say, you know, that is a rule that defines thoughtfulness. It's a rule that defines thoughtfulness. It's a rule that defines care. In other words, if you have a struggle with making decisions with your spouse that she can agree on, wow, you're you're being thoughtless. You're being thoughtless if you have a problem with that. Mm. And so, and they say, you know, but how can this possibly work in practice? If if I end up, if I end up, I'm dealing with a guy right now. Okay, good example. Mm-hmm. He is training his 16 year old son to become a computer programmer. And, this, and the kid is doing really well and has already got a job with a, with a company uh, wow. actually uh, doing coding for another company wow. or company earning a living, doing that. Um, he, he, the father has, he is now 16 years old and is taking college level classes. And um, but he's wet, left his wife out of the loop. His wow. wife has had no influence on, on the decisions he makes. He just goes ahead and does it now. I look at this and I say, wow, that's a great thing for the father to do. Yeah. I mean, the father is taking the son, caring for the son, training the son. The son actually thinks it's fabulous what the father is doing. But because he let he didn't do this with the wife's agreement and the wife just was left behind, his wife is threatening to divorce him.
1: Oh my goodness!
2: He 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 is now uh, separated from his wife, Mm. and uh, I'm trying to get them back together again.
1: Yeah, and 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 I told him. Initial response was why Why would she be upset at that?
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, basically, um, I've told him. I'd said what What I'd like you to do is to suspend the work that you're doing with your son for two months, while you and your wife are getting back together again. And then after that, the decisions you make about the training of your son have to be done with her agreement. Well, he's been writing me long, long letters about how she's <laughs> never going to agree to anything. She never has agreed to anything. All she wants to do is watch him suffer. And she has no concept about what it, what, how much value he's got to raising his son this way. And, and I said, you know, the son is not going to turn out all that well if you guys divorce no. No, and and your relationship is a horrible relationship because you're doing something great for your son that she was not a part of. Yeah, wow. See, <clears throat> so it's a good example of a father being a good father from everybody's huh. perspective except the wife.
1: You know, that reminds me, Bill, of, of the temptations of Christ, that not one of the things that Christ was tempted by the enemy to do on his 40-day fast was a bad thing in other words making bread's not bad it's just no. that every single thing in other words they weren't evil things um but they were all outside of the will of god they were all
2: outside exactly
1: union they were all outside of <laughs> yep. um uh what, what was the word not exhilarating uh, agreement what was the
2: extraordinary 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 agreement. care yeah. I had oh you mean the policy of joint agreement yeah policy of joint agreement policy of joint agreement
1: yep okay so is it always the guy's fault
2: this stuff always the man's i'd fault? say seven seventy percent of the time <laughs> okay 70 percent. hey you know i can live with that
1: i can live with that seriously because because i remember uh i remember i was doing a men's bible study we were doing a, going through maximized manhood with some guys and and a guy and i and we knew his wife and he at one point in the lesson, he took his pencil, threw it across the table. We were all at. <laughs> literally, we're all writing in answers and throwing it across. He goes, there's no way it's always the guy's fault. Yes. And, and I looked at him, his name is Pat. And I said, I said, uh, bro, in your case, you're probably totally right. <laughs> So well I'll, the, take the 30, that, I'll take 70 I'll take 7030 because I, you know men get beat up don't we don't we beat yeah, up guys better? Yeah
2: exactly especially in the culture we're living in right now but yeah. but I will say this that the biggest mistake that a man makes I wrote, I wrote an article for New Man magazine that it used to exist uh, years ago Yeah
1: yeah
2: uh, and uh, and it was called why women leave men and wow. it's 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 in the article section of my uh, of, of the marriagebuilders.com website why women leave men and the problem is in what I call independent behavior, where the guy will just simply do what he does, whether his wife likes it or not. And she starts out in the marriage trying to cooperate with him, trying to give him lots of latitude, trying to understand why he wants to be with his friends instead of being with her. Uh, tries to understand why he does these things that, that she explains doesn't it bothers her, but she but he goes ahead and does it anyway. Yeah. And uh, and then and then what what happens is I uh, they uh, use the illustration of a house that the man's got rooms in his house to represent the roles he plays in life. And in those rooms, he doesn't let his wife in. Wow. The wife doesn't have an doesn't have the right to use the policy of joint agreement in any in, in a lot of these rooms. So she's cut out of of these various roles that he plays. Wow. because he thinks that he should have the right to make all the decisions. Policy joint agreement wouldn't apply. Within and I roots, told yeah. I, I write in the book that if from, my, from my analysis of, of, of government statistics that go back 30 or 40 years, 80% of all divorces are caused by neglect.
1: Oh, my Neglect.
2: Goodness. And what that means is that he has, has, has carved his wife out of his life and I use the illustration of uh, in, in, in Revelation, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Yeah. If any man hears my voice, I'll open the door and talk and, 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 and sup with him and he with me. He's talking to Christians, you know.
1: Yeah, it was, that, a, that, it was a picture of the Passover celebration.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's, a, it's basically one of the churches and the problems that they're having mm-hmm. in the church. But the basic argument that I use is that your, your, your wife is standing outside the door. Mm. wanting to come in and you're not opening the door for her. You're not letting her wow. become a part of your life. Wow. And so to the extent that I can encourage men to become integrated with their wives in the way that they raise their children. Uh, and, and then furthermore that in many cases, the husband really isn't good at raising his children. The mm-hmm. so wife's participation can really help him out. You know, and and to the extent that the husband and wife are were, are bonded together and working together, the children do so much better. Yeah, so much better.
1: How many? Uh, and, how many children? Uh, and yeah, how many children do you have, Doctor Harley?
2: Two. Two children. Two. I have a son and a daughter, and I have and they have two children, and their children. Uh, have, uh, there are two of their children that have two children. So I'm a great grandfather. Oh my them.
1: gosh, boy, that happened quick. You just, I so now, uh, yeah. And I want to get into some of that in just a second, but, um, I want to mention this again to everyone uh, of our friends that's listening, marriagebuilders.com. Easy to find. <laughs> we'll also put, uh, I'd love to, uh, put that article, why women leave men on our site also. Sure, go ahead.
2: Yeah, cmn.men
1: and I'd love to invite your uh, maybe your son to come down and speak at one of our seminars. You know, sure. he, uh, he is in the ministry with you in this.
2: Yes, he is. He'd be delighted to do that,
1: I'm sure. That'd be fantastic. I, you know, I just yep. so appreciate what you're doing and we're just touching the tip of it and my hope is that is that you listening, my brother, You right now you'd go to marriagebuilders.com and you can just click, there's a number of articles. One article I think is great is on conversation. You know, uh, what, a, what a concept.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, you, right.
1: but you break it down as to what that actually means. In other words, mm-hmm. a meaningful conversation in which you're not beating each other up. Right. Uh, a conversation yep. in which you actually uh, share ideas you know, that that sort of thing. But one of the things that, that we hit all the time now in the church and outside the church, out of, outside the church, if you will, it's it's kind of accepted as the norm. Uh, we don't think about it much. For instance, the, um, you know, the new prime minister of England, you know, had somebody, that he lives together with his partner. And uh, I think yep. they he's, she's having a baby, so they got engaged. Well, <laughs> you know, good for them. But, I mean, in the church... And outside the church, it seems like, well, we're just living together because we know that we're connected and and we think this is going to be good and we're just trying it out. Conceptually, sounds like, well, okay. But what's the danger in that, Dr. Harley?
2: Well, first of all, uh, again, going back to government statistics, there was an interesting article that came out uh, and uh, the... uh, Government actually hid the article after it came out. i I was able to read it before they wow. hit it, wow. but basically, they were arguing in this article that ninety percent of all domestic violence is with people who are not married. oh
1: my goodness or
2: who or who have never lived together. Wow, so you have the the combination they've never never lived together. I, I'm sorry, ninety percent of people uh, that, that, okay, let me say it again, Uh, that either are not married or have lived together in the past, 90% of all domestic violence. The article was saying that it's one of the most dangerous places for children to live is in non-marital domestic uh, situations. Wow. Uh, You get the most sexual abuse in those situations and the most- uh horrible horrible kinds of situations so we we are saying kind of a voice crying in the wilderness <clears throat> that if you live together before marriage chances are your your marriage will not turn out very well if you finally do get married
1: the stats and are won't you, last yeah
2: <clears throat> and and you're very likely not to stay together very long so i mean yeah. basically you're not going to get married point number one point number two if you do get married it, you won't do very well. Now, there's an article that was published by a professor at the University of California at Riverside. I used to teach there, actually. And uh, he's, he made a point that, he, he wrote an article, it's very interesting, that in the first six months of a relationship where people are together, they create rules of, of conduct with each other that pretty much stay in place for the rest of their lives together. So if you live together before marriage, during those six months, you create what I call the renter's relationship, where you're making decisions based on short-term outcomes. You're not thinking in terms of staying together necessarily. You're just kind of trying it out, seeing if it works. If that person ends up getting married, those same rules apply in marriage, which is temporary solutions, short-term solutions. Win lose, win lose solutions, and you have a great deal of anger and violence whenever that happens. What I call the buyer's relationship is one where people are all in, all in in the relationship. I, you you are mine for life. I will care for you for life. And you don't do that when you're living together before marriage. Before marriage, you're actually saying, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Let's see if it works. And you set you start setting ways of handling problems in that yeah. situation that are very very fragile. Yeah, as a follower create, of, Yeah,
1: it. as a follower of Christ, I guess what we could say uh Bill is that in one sense you you're creating a contractual relationship in which the contract can either be voided or yes. uh or you know we're going to go back and we're going to rewrite the contract or uh, or yep. it's covenant and covenant is uh, I'm fully yours and you're fully mine and you yes. become exactly. one and, and in the things that we're learning in medical science and neuroplasticity and, and all of those things, what I look at is I look at the dopamine chemical, which creates neural yep. pathways. And I look at this mm-hmm. dopamine, which, uh, which our friend Nancy Houston has taught us is the marriage chemical. You know, yep. I, I look at that as when, the, when it says the two become as one, you know it's yep. a spiritual thing but i think now medical science is proving that it's actually a physical bonding because my neural pathways mm-hmm. begin to match her neural pathways yep. because i'm creating thought life in which we are connected and and right. that connection when it's contractual i keep my neural pathways are mine and and hers are hers and and even even can go so far as the well, you're going off with the boys for the weekend to uh, Key Largo. Yeah, have fun and don't tell me what you did. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. That you know that thing we talk about that being very modern and very uh, hip and all that sort of stuff. Really, what it is is it's extremely damaging, and in the deepest level of our psyche, in the places we don't even know that are connected it disconnects us and and what i love about what you're doing in medical science in the in the you know if you will secular medical science i think general market whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. it all comes back to proving the word of god it all comes back well
2: he had he had he had right? the uh, the uh, genesis chapter three describes what marriage is <clears throat> it is uh, a man leaves his father and mother and the, and 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 they become united. Mm. the two become one and and I start all my seminars with that verse i start yeah. I start there and I say that this is basically the rule for marriage. the rule for marriage is the two become one and so all everything everything that follows should emphasize the fact that what's good for one of you should be good for the other. You should be thinking of yourselves as a, a united unit. And this is why the policy of joint agreement makes so much sense because basically what you're saying is that I want the other guy to be just as happy with his choice as I am. And if they're not, this united be, be, uh, being <clears throat> that the two of us have become uh, is gonna suffer. And so you basically have to be thinking all the time about how is my spouse going to be affected by the decisions I make. And that opens the doors to all of the rooms in a man's house. Yeah. And he says, okay, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to be a, an important part of my life in every role that I play. Wow. And, and I want you to know what I do and I want you to be able to think. Now he has to do the same thing with, <clears throat> with her too.
1: Yeah. It has to go both ways. Yeah. But.
2: But women do, you know, women do. Women start out with marriage wanting to be united with their husbands. It's the husband who is reluctant to let the wife be united with him. Mm -hmm. And so this is where a lot of the resentment comes from women. Women say, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, he went off did this, he did that. And all these memories pile up and she becomes angry with him that she that that is I use the example of the train left the station and she's left behind you know,
1: and his train
2: is all moving out there. This example I was using about the guy that is separated from his wife, Mm. the, the, he, he, he's running, he's running way ahead of his wife. His wife is left behind.
1: Yeah. Wow. And
2: she's divorcing him for that reason. In spite of the fact that what he's doing for his son from a secular standpoint, from a, from a outsider standpoint, it's it's great. Yeah. It's great. great.
1: And he's highly involved. It's just that he separated his life. You know, I remember yeah. the the book the Farrells wrote a number of years ago. Uh, men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. And, <laughs> yeah. and that whole image of everything's connected. You know, Judy yeah. and I have been married 48 years. We dated for uh, around three and a half, four years. But a song can come on the radio if we're in the car. It's an oldie but goodie, you know, from yeah, back when yeah, we were dating. Yeah. And if it's from a moment where I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily very smart (laughs) when we dated, and I I messed up over and over, and and, uh, if it comes from one of those mess-up segments, (laughs) here we are 50 years later, and she'll go, oh, yeah, turn that. I go, what? I like this song. She goes, yeah, yeah, don't you remember that's when? And I
2: go, wow. Yeah, yeah, women have great memories. But baby, and for
1: me, I'm a waffle. (laughs) It's in another compartment. I don't even live there anymore.
2: Right, right, right. You
1: know, so well, it is,
2: it is, yeah. Resentment is a huge problem in marriage. Uh, women, a woman's resentment of, really? of things that have done done in the past. Huge problem.
1: Huh. We
2: deal with it. Matter of fact, a couple of days ago, we did a we did a podcast on the topic of resentment, and huh. uh, and and basically, it is, you know, and and that's another article you might want to read in my article section is um, how to deal with a quarrelsome nagging wife. And um, it is really on the topic of resentment and how resentment builds over time. And I talk about three stages of resentment in women. And, uh, you know, Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs certainly had that experience uh, 3,000 years ago, you know, uh, that we still have today where a woman becomes resentful. Better to live in a in a, in a desert than to live with a quarrelsome and nagging wife.
1: <clears throat> but she didn't get uh, that
2: way by chance, you know. He had yeah, a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, no, it's usually uh, yeah. It's, there's a <laughs> lot of things on that, and it's uh, I like the the one the proverb about the dripping faucet. You know, uh, so you know we could go on for a long time. I want to mention again <laughs> marriagebuilders.com dot com dot com, and I just want Doctor Harley for you and your son. And uh uh you said you had a daughter and a son. And
2: daughter, uh my daughter, yeah, she is yeah. in uh she's in Manila. She has she works with me too. She wow. has her own website. <clears throat> it's called uh four okay dot uh, org. All one word for four gifts of love dot org. And she has her own website that she's developed and she has a PhD in psychology too. Wow. So um and she, she leads seminars and, and does a lot of marriage work as well. so both of my children are in, in, in working in marriage. she have, she lives in Manila, yeah and um, Well, good So you she's know, working with people in the Philippines. yeah,
1: you know that's uh, incredible. and what you've done is remarkable and and I, and I kind of tracked it. You, you graduated UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And and then you said you taught in Riverside, so because I was wondering yeah. how you go from Santa Barbara to Are you from Minnesota originally?
2: Originally from, uh, born in, in Philadelphia, moved to uh, Santa Barbara when I was four. Wow! And met Joyce, met my wife Joyce in Santa Barbara. Wow! And um, <clears throat> and then we moved after I got my PhD. Uh, we moved to. Uh, Chicago and then to Minnesota from there because I sold a business that I okay. had started
1: okay.
2: and that got me to the Midwest and once we got there we just loved it here really we loved it well yeah. I, and you I, wouldn't I, think that from coming yeah. from Santa Barbara
1: <laughs> well that was my deal I grew up in Santa Cruz uh just <laughs> ah, of, yeah. you know, we used to surf yeah. all up and down the coast and we'd get down that direction and and uh, you know so I thought well how does he go from Santa Barbara to Minnesota but you hit, you hit a beauty spot and there are some beautiful places. You know, the only issue I ever yeah, it's
2: You know what it is? It's culture. It's culture. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I wasn't happy with the culture in California. Yeah. And I was happier with the culture in Minnesota. I wanted There's to yeah. raise my kids to be thoughtful, caring people. And the people of Minnesota on average are more thoughtful and more caring, yeah. uh, more neighborly. Than the people that I I got to know in California. Fascinating.
1: (laughs) I grew up in uh, Santa Cruz, but I raised my children here in the Fort Worth area. And every so often we'll be out at the ocean and we'll be looking at the waves and my kids will look at me and go, what were you thinking? And then, (laughs) you know, and then I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but you grew up in such a wholesome environment. And, you know. We know all of our neighbors, even today we had, in fact, we had a bunch of neighbors over for dinner last night, you know, uh, different people and neighbors. And my wife cooked up some soup and some friends brought over stuff. We all hung out and just talked and spent time as neighbors. Exactly. And and, uh, we know each other's kids' names and, and uh, they grew up in that. And then we went skiing in Colorado, which is, you know, part of the part of Texas that we own, but we let them keep the name. <laughs> and uh, you know so, but the only thing I had with Minnesota was the state bird is the mosquito. That's the only issue I ever had with Minnesota.
2: Well, you got a lot of mosquitoes up here, but you do throughout actually every all through all Mississippi Valley, the whole area, you know yeah, has, true, has got mosquitoes. But the basic feeling that I have about Minnesota is that it was it was, it, it is a very Christian state yeah a lot of christians here in minnesota
1: well it was and settled the, that that way wasn't it out of um
2: yeah out of uh, german, of german german and german swedish of, germans yeah. and swedish yep yeah. yeah. and uh, a lot of churches were developed here and yeah. they the, the whole idea that you are a part of a community here and you have a responsibility to a neighbor that you may never have met mm-hmm um is imbred, in in everybody here and i thought that's a wonderful wonderful place wow. to raise my kids
1: yeah that's and, fantastic. And, that,
2: and it turned out they turned out great
1: you know uh, a father is i believe responsible not only for the atmosphere of his home but the atmosphere in which his children is raised so you made a yes. quality decision regardless of how much you liked the ocean and the waves and all that you made a decision based on your children and obviously it's uh turned out well. So I, I just yep. want to celebrate, Bill, this is the first time you and I have actually uh, met and talked. I want to celebrate his needs, her needs, what you wrote. But more than that, I want to celebrate the, the stick to the uh the willingness to endure the painful moments that I'm sure you and your wife have experienced, not just personally, but trying to do what you do, being misunderstood, mm-hmm. all the different, <laughs> if you will, leadership pain that comes with these Thing. So I want to commend you for that. And I want to celebrate oh, thank that, you. Bill, because, you know, you write these articles, but and all this stuff's incredible, but it doesn't just come out of, um, you know, happy days. It, it comes out of real life, uh, mm-hmm. people you couldn't help, things that didn't go right for one of your grandkids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they got <laughs> Getting sued. From. Yeah, well, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, those are always wonderful. You know, it's, it's like, um, it's like two of my favorite people uh, having to do with ministry. And then I was in business for so many years, two of my favorite people, because they kept me out of trouble was uh, the guy who does my taxes uh, and your lawyer God for, yeah. And the lawyers <laughs> that I know. And it's kind of like, right. you know, you don't need one until you need one, but you need to know one right. when you need one yep so that's just the world in which we live but but nonetheless you know god bless you and everything bill and marriage marriagebuilders.com, marriagebuilders.com i look forward to spending some more time with you and meeting your son and uh and staying yep. connected to the ministry you're doing and putting your podcast on my uh podcast list what's the name of the podcast
2: marriage builders radio and, and you can get it. Uh, you can get the app. Uh, just look up, look up Mary Villers Radio in the App Store, and uh, it's free of charge. And you can fantastic. listen every day to a new show.
1: Okay. So you're on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, iHeart, all those things. Yep. Right. So, yep. Fantastic. Well, God bless you, Bill. And it's great spending time with you. And thank you for being on Brave Men. And this is Brave Men with Paul Lewis Colt. You can find us at CMN, Christian Men's Network, CMN.men and then my blog at paul lewis cole l-o-u-i-s paul lewis cole dot com thank you dr harley may the lord bless you and may everything your hands touch prosper and every place you put your feet may it be well thank you. God
2: bless thank you god thank you for having me yeah thank mm, you god bless.
0: well paul that was really uh, amazing and um i'm glad you had that tease
1: about the uh what to say to your wife that was really powerful <laughs> you know i um I listened to that and I, I heard things, uh, you know, things that maybe, you know, Brian, you sort of know, but it gets brought up again and you go, oh yeah, you know, I need to take care of this or take care of that. It's sort of like this. Um, and, and we didn't, you know, talk about this, but it's something I had, I had thought about reading some of his materials in years past is. There's a thing, you know, if you own a house or a boat or a car or something, there's a thing called deferred maintenance. And that's usually when you have a problem, is because you put off taking care of something you should have taken care of. Deferred maintenance. So all of a sudden you've got a propeller on your boat that's, you know, messed up and the boat goes half speed because, oh yeah, I should have fixed that. And the same's true of a marriage. And we're really good at that. And so I I love his stuff. I love his style. You know, uh, we talked about his son coming down to uh, some of our events. So I told uh, Dr. Harley uh, off mic as well as on mic, uh, I'm going to be one of his champions in the days ahead because this stuff's important. Brian, if we're going to change the world, we change the world one man at a time and one marriage at a time. So Bill's uh, URL is
0: marriagebuilders.com. And so I encourage you to go to marriagebuilders.com and learn more about uh, Dr. Bill Harley. Uh, for more about uh, Christian Men's Network and what uh, Paul and and uh, the team do here, and even as they travel overseas now, uh, cmn.men is your resource. So cmn.men is the destination for uh, free and, and other types of materials and books and audio recordings and et cetera, A track tapes, a yeah, track cassettes. Cassettes. You
1: know, uh, I'll tell you what. I am looking forward to hearing some reports from your family and your wife about how awesome you are after the after listening to this interview. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go. We'll be man of the street. We'll go bring, uh, you, bring my yeah, wife.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll, be, we'll get that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, thank you, Paul, for bringing that to us, and uh, for Paul Cole. I am Brian Boyd. Please share and uh, subscribe to this Brave Men podcast. And uh, we do appreciate that very, very much. And uh, for Paul, I'm Brian Boyd. Have a great, great day. You've
2: just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.